It's time for Green and Gold Insiders on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Well, the last time the Green Bay Packers played the 49ers in a playoff game in Santa Clara, Jason Wildey and I were holed up at some sort of Packers bar in San Jose eating <laughs> chili before hopping into a rental car and heading to the stadium. Fond memories, Jason, until the game started anyway. Yeah, I I don't think you should eat as much chili as you did that day. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't want to know more details about well, that one. It's kind of a chilly ride, too, so the windows were closed uh, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, man. This is week number two, Wildy, where the coaching storyline is also a bit of a storyline, right? Matt LaFleur, Mike McCarthy, the former Packers coach, Matt LaFleur, and his good friend, Kyle Shanahan. Where is this relationship? Does it even matter? Uh, I think it always matters. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact in the game, but I don't, I'm not sure exactly where the relationship is. I know for a fact that the friendship was uh, broken. I don't know if it, it has been repaired or not, but after Kyle Shanahan uh, pursued Aaron Rodgers after the 2020 season, you know, both of LaFleur's closest friends that were head coaches at the time, um, Sean McVay with the Rams and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco both inquired about Aaron Rodgers' availability. Sean McVay went through the proper channels and then uh, learned that the Packers were not going to be trading him and went and got Matthew Stafford and went and won a Super Bowl with him. Uh, Kyle Shanahan allegedly uh, was tampering. The Packers never brought the formal charges, but I can tell you people in the building are firmly convinced of that. And Matt LaFleur was ticked, and I don't know if they've since uh, kissed and made up, but if you remember uh, the next time the Packers played the 49ers and the Packers won the game, uh, Matt LaFleur, speaking of chili, uh, had the chili postgame handshake blow-by where he never even looked Kyle Shanahan in the eye. Mm. Uh, so, yes, there's some, there's some shoes there. I don't know how much they've been repaired. Okay, Jason, so Rodgers never beat the 49ers in the playoffs. Favre never beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. We have our fingers crossed. Jordan Love could do both. Do you think he's thinking about that at all? I don't. I don't think Jordan thinks about any of that stuff. Like, he's – you know, I've been, I've been so impressed with him, right? And, and to be fair, throughout Aaron Rodgers' time, waiting his time behind Favre in his apprenticeship – I was always impressed with him, too, how he handled everything. Now, I would argue that Brett Favre made it a heck of a lot harder for Aaron Rodgers to handle than Aaron Rodgers made it for Jordan Love, not by how they played, but how they exited, or in Favre's case, came back for training camp. Like, I I think Aaron Rodgers did two really big favors for Jordan Love. I think, one, he basically strong-armed Matt LaFleur into hiring Tom Clements as the quarterback's coach, which he did for himself, not for, for Jordan. But I think that has been a sneaky really important reason why Jordan has improved as much as he has. And then the other thing is, is he had ticked a lot of people off on his way out of town, Greg being one of them. And I think that that allowed Jordan to come in and not have people rooting against him, not dealing with a separated fan base. He's just handled everything so calmly. He's so even keeled. I don't think he's thinking about a darn thing that Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers or Lynn Dickey or, uh, Tim Boyle or Matt Flynn or any other quarterback ever did before this. So in two of the most impressive wins for the Packers this season, Jason, it, it was very clear there was a mentality from Matt LaFleur that 
you know, presented itself in front of the team throughout the week against Detroit on Thanksgiving and against Dallas last weekend. They almost mirrored each other, right? Win the toss, Mm -hmm. take the ball, go down and score. Easier said than done, but it was the idea of be the aggressor, put your best unit on the field right away, and see if you can go smack somebody in the mouth, figuratively speaking. Do you apply that same philosophy to the 49ers, or are they different? Well, I I can tell you this. Um, If the 49ers win the toss, they are deferring. Um, So the Packers will get the ball first. So it was interesting. This was one of the things that I wrote about this week because I'm fascinated by it. But Wes Hodkowitz, who covers the team for Packers.com, did all the research, so he deserves the credit. The first 39 times, that Matt LaFleur's Packers won the toss before the game. You know how many times he took the ball? Zero. Mm. Nada. Zilch. Until Detroit on Thanksgiving. And then again against the Cowboys on Sunday. Now there was one other game where they got the ball first because the Chiefs won the toss and they got the ball and the Packers went down and scored. Which it's crazy to think about those three games against probably the three best opponents because this was also the team that went five games earlier in the year without scoring a touchdown in the first half of those games. So, you know, what are they going to do on Saturday night? Well, I can tell you what Kyle Shanahan said he's going to do. Somebody pointed out to him, one of the San Francisco Bay Area reporters said, hey, they've they've taken the ball in a couple of their big games. They did it against the Cowboys. Would you take the ball if you win the toss uh, to kind of throw off Jordan Love's rhythm and keep their offense off the field? And the one-word answer that Kyle Shanahan delivered was, nope. So uh, he believes in that defense. I'm sure he believes in his offense as well. But they're not going to change how they're operating. If Matt LaFleur chooses to take the ball, that is a risk. Because if you go three and out against that really good defense and now you're punting, you've uh, set yourself behind the eight ball a little bit. You're in the locker room so much. What's your sense right now how the guys are feeling going into tomorrow's big game? Oh. That's a great question. They're so loose. I I just think it's so great how young they are. Like, they just don't know that they're supposed to be nervous. Um, And I I always felt this, you know, even though Rodgers, and and I know there's a lot of people that don't like him anymore, but for the vast majority of his time, he was a really good leader. He was really well-connected with guys. He kind of knew the pulse of the locker room really well. Um, But I felt like maybe in the playoffs, you know, he was – so he was always driven by legacy, right? He always talked about how you play during the regular season for your paycheck and you play in the postseason for your legacy. And, and I, I think he so desperately wanted that second Super Bowl title that maybe if, if he wasn't nervous, it made the people around him nervous. But this week, so they moved this high-end ping-pong table into the locker room. It was in the auxiliary locker room. Now it's in the main locker room. And Bo Melton, by the way, is the king. I don't know who the greatest ping-pong player is other than maybe Forrest Gump, uh, but he's unbelievable. He takes on every opponent, and he holds serve, literally. So they're playing ping-pong in there. They've got this shadow boxing game, which, Greg, you're, you know, you're young and hip, so maybe you know this. They, like, pretend to hit each other, but they don't really hit each other. <laughs> and you've got like, you to, you gotta, like, react to the, to the fake hit. And they were playing that game. Like, the, these guys, they're just – they don't have a nervous bone in their body. Now, that could change 
when they start the game on Saturday night, and they got, as to use Greg's term, get punched in the mouth, figuratively speaking. But as of right now, they are one calm and happy-go-lucky and not nervous at all group. Uh, and Jaden Reed will not be allowed to play with the child's helmet that he wore during his press conference, correct? There, there's, uh, there's rules against that, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I think Aaron Jones' son just said, hey, I want that back. Okay. So, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe that was it. Tried, but it, <laughs> Come on, Dan. I don't think it's protect, sufficiently protective enough. No, definitely not. He is the best in the business. Three-time sports writer of the year, Jason Wilde. Jason, I, I do have good word here that Gary Ellerson and I will be at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino for a sportsbook football Monday on Monday. We're doing the show, and I know you'll be in Milwaukee, so the invitation is open for you to join us in person. Uh, I enjoyed my visit to Pottawatomie the last time. I'd love to do it again. We'll see what the ballet schedule and the basketball schedule holds for the girls. But uh, put me down as a in-pencil maybe. It's, uh, that sounds great. And hopefully we're talking about a Packers win. Thank you, Jason. Have a great weekend. No chili. All right, everybody. Boys. Take care. Yeah, good. I don't know if they, they do have chili, actually. It's very good uh, at Pottawatomie. <laughs> Rock and Brews, that's where we do our show every Monday. Gary Ellerson and I will be there on Monday, hopefully talking about a Packers win.